cleared up. What I want more than anything is just a horse that won't quit. There's no way he finishes. I owe him the chance. Get up. I'm Tim Finley, and this is To Live With Honor. Chapter 5. Courage. You will never do anything in this world without courage. It is the greatest quality of the mind next to honor. Aristotle. Forgiveness is a tall order for the warrior. They're accustomed to justice by fire, the kind hot enough to melt tanks and turn flesh to ash. A warrior is an addict who fiends for justice like a junkie. And as such, injustice creates withdrawal symptoms the drooling, dripping snot kind. All humans struggle with forgiveness in the face of injustice, but for a warrior, the cognitive dissonance is impossible to reconcile. After all, why forgive when we can kill? Instead, they often choose to carry the burden until it rots into something grotesque and damaging. Gandhi said, The weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is the attribute of the strong. It's unfortunate how bravery and courage are not necessarily one and the same. Bravery is easy for a warrior. It's flashy, action-packed, sexy, and masculine. Broad-chested bravery wields a battle axe against the might of dragons. It's a noun that sounds verby. In the quiet, humble courage to let go, to choose to forgive both outwardly and inwardly, that is the warrior's dilemma. Honor is a virtue of silent strength, a virtue rooted in courage, not bravery, and honor chooses to forgive. I need your help with honor today. Missy announced as she scurried around the bedroom, prepping for work. I opened a foggy eye, semi-conscious of what she was saying. I sprawled prone on the bed with blankets knotted around exposed legs and arms. I lifted my head, but decided moving was hard, and more effort than it was worth. My head collapsed back into the pillow. No one understands me like you do, pillow. Hey, pay attention. (sighs) That's not even English. Come on, roll over eye contact, caveman. She climbed onto the bed and yanked my body to face her. I would have protested, but I understood the necessity of this ritual. Memory is my superpower. Mornings are my kryptonite. Are you with me? She flipped two fingers back and forth between her eyes and mine. Mm -hmm. I willed my eyes to open, but eyelashes are heavy. She took a deep breath. I knew it would be her last for a while. Oh shit, pay attention. I scrambled like a drunken hippo to gather my faculties. Too late. 
I'm running behind and didn't have time to feed the animals. I need you to do that for me. The feeding instructions are listed on a sheet of paper over the top of the grain bins. Don't forget the dogs this time. Also, the water trough needs to be cleaned out today. It's repulsive. Make sure you dump it out and thoroughly scrub it. Kill all the black widows with a stick, not spray, because I don't want the horses accidentally ingesting any of it. Check to make sure Honor's fly mask is on. He ripped it off scratching his head on the tree yesterday, and it was dangling around his neck. Honor also has two new cuts on his chest and his side from the vents. Those need to have ointment put on them, and please be available this afternoon. I want to work with him with tack today. The trash needs to go out. The truck comes today. And don't forget to get the trash out of the kitchen first and make sure you replace the bag this time. Grab the mail when you take the trash out. If you mow the lawn today, don't spray the clippings into the paddock. Hottie will gorge herself on it and she's already getting obese. The electric bill and the cable bill are on the kitchen counter. Write the checks, sign them, and put them into the envelope so I can mail them tomorrow. And when you wake up, brush your teeth, your breath stinks. Do not forget the trash. Now say it back to me. Huh? You don't even speak with punctuation. She didn't blink. Seriously, I have to go. Tell me what I told you. I rubbed my eyes. A stall tactic. Horses, dogs, water. Honor stuff, mail, bills. Trash. Yeah, trash. Okay, I gotta go. I love you. She slapped a kiss on my forehead and in a wisp of air vanished. The bedroom door clicked shut. Love you. A diesel engine roared to life and faded into the distance. I slugged out of bed and threw on gym clothes. After neglecting to brush my teeth, I shuffled out to the garage for feeding. Missy and I had just returned from Colorado where we climbed Mount Elbert, the highest point in the state, and where oxygen goes to die. Missy embarrassed the three men in the group, including me, by proving somehow immune to the altitude. Meanwhile, Three hardened military men gasped with hypoxia. She got to sleep on the way home. I was supposed to get to sleep in. Say la vie. Honor was all ears, head hovering over the feed bucket. His fly mask drooped over his face, one ear in, one ear out, with his right eye half exposed. Standard. I set the buckets down, gently this time, and stepped through the fence to fix the mask. You don't even care, do you? He chewed on my sleeve. Then I fed all three horses and set to cleaning the water trough. Not even eight o'clock and the 90 degree sun brutalized the already yellow grass. The summer was becoming unbearable and thus the water trough, and water for that matter, was of prime concern for Missy. I kicked over the trough, stabbed three black widows, and started scrubbing. Honor watched me clean as he munched away, spilling gobs of grain, much to Millie's delight. Honor competed with Millie for scraps on the ground as I righted the trough and grabbed the hose. I draped it through the fence and into the trough, lifted the lever, and cold, fresh water sprang from the nozzle. Curious ears persuaded Honor over to the trough. Small droplets spritzed his nose, and the coldness caught him off guard. He whipped his head back, startled. Dauntless, he slowed back to the trough. As the water rose up from the bottom, Honor took several pulls from the algae-free coolness. He examined the nozzle and the strange ejection from it. He cocked his head to the side as the tip of his nose wriggled towards the stream. In the slightest touch, the stream blasted across his face, drenching his snout and shooting jets of water up his nostril. Honor jerked back, shaking his head like a stunned boxer. The colt pinned his ears and lunged for the hose. His mouth snarled like a roaring lion, angry teeth exposed and cinched down on the hose. 
his head yanked back from the trough, a wild fire hose in tow, flinging and spraying in all directions. He could have let go. He could have spared himself the panic and terror. But I guess those things don't occur to horses. His head bucked the hose as it slapped against his neck and face. Violent water doused the sky and soaked everything in range. Realizing that calm brought less terror, honor froze in place, unsure what to do with the water-shooting snake hanging lifeless from the side of his mouth. Water streamed off his face, ears, nose, and fly mask. His entire body twinkled. I burst into laughter. I climbed through the fence, coaxed the hose from his nervous teeth, and replaced it in the trough. Honor eyeballed the hose and stepped back to the trough. Game on. The next 20 minutes escalated into a cutthroat game of aquatic brinksmanship. I would shoo him away, but he would just as soon return, snatch the hose, and fling it around. He'd pull the slack off the ground and yank the nozzle out. I pulled the slack back through the fence. Honor splashed his muzzle in the rising water line, chasing me off, then ran off with the nozzle again. Back and forth, I battled a half-ton animal for water rights. I captured several pictures and a video of Honor trying to drink from and play with the hose, which I sent to Missy at work. Look what I taught Honor! Exclamation mark. In a final attempt to keep him at bay, I slewed the hose at his face and pelted him. Honor darted off, tail of flagpole, head tossing, back in bouncing with clumsy bucks and farts. I snickered at my victory. He didn't. Honor turned and ignited toward the fence. Toward me. This son of a bitch is charging me. I unholstered the hose from the trough like a six-shooter. My thumb transformed it into a water cannon. The high-pressure jet plastered the fly mask against his face and shattered into water shrapnel. Headshot. <laughs> Honor slammed his weight to his hindquarters with the grace of a cartwheeling jumbo jet. Mud sprayed forward from his hooves, then his ass, then his stomach, then his legs. Clumps thumped against me from head to toe. A dripping mess of muck. Honor calmed as he popped to his feet. I kept the spray aimed at his face, his nose lofted to the air while his upper lip jigged on the stream of water. Are you taunting me? I lowered the stream to beat against his chest. He wiggled his rump like a bear on a tree, seeming to enjoy it. Without warning, Honor's tail whipped up, he squealed, and then sprinted away. He dashed around the paddock in his standard full loop. After a fit of bucks, he charged back toward the trough. Again, he slammed on insufficient brakes and sprayed me with another wall of mud confetti. His ears stood erect as he climbed back to his feet. Sludge dripped down both of us. I snapped the hose toward him, literally rinse and repeat. My abs ached as I laughed. My phone buzzed with a text from Missy. I love your laugh, she texted. I paused, caught in a moment of introspection. So do I, like a cold hose on a hot day. After feeding the horses and dogs, I returned to the chores Missy assigned. Somehow, and I can't pinpoint where things derailed, I found myself back in Honor's paddock, where with equal mystery, several unaccounted hours passed. 
What are you doing? I jumped, startled. Honor and I both turned to look at her. I, uh, I'm putting another halter on. Why? And where's his fly mask? Because the other one was grimy and falling apart, and I... I threw away the mask because it was... It sort of broke. (laughs) I hadn't heard or seen her pull into the drive. I checked the shadows on the ground. It was, indeed, later than I realized. Tim. Her tone of voice said she was burying her face in her palm. Huh. The halter isn't just backwards, it's inside out and backwards. Honor's face looked like a cat tangled in loose yarn. It was an obscenity of horsemanship. I dropped my gaze, embarrassed. Honor smiled at Missy with happy ears, as if he were either just as clueless or just enjoying the attention. He doesn't seem to mind. Her eyes scoured the area as she inspected the crime scene. First the trough, then the hose, then the ground. She stared at my mud-slathered shoes and splatter-painted shirt and face. She cocked her head and squeezed her brow. She looked to Honor and down to his legs caked in sheets of mud, concealing his rear sock entirely. The ground squished beneath Honor's hooves as he adjusted. It hadn't rained in over a month. She moved towards Honor, investigating. This is how a dog feels when the owner comes home to a shredded couch cushion. What the hell happened here? Are you too drunk? He started it. I shoved Honor's snout away. He nipped at my hand. Missy pulled the halter from around Honor's face, and I swear to God, with one hand, flipped it inside out, corrected it, replaced it, and buckled the latch. I gawked in amazement. Missy, however, returned to business. You forgot the trash. I didn't forget. I had to put ointment on Honor, and it just took longer than expected, and then I noticed his old halter was kind of falling apart, so I... I rambled as her expression stayed flat. She looked at Honor's feet again, my feet again, then looked up at me. Her eyes found mine, and I melted into the puddle in which I stood. She spoke business, but the blue in her eyes betrayed her. She was happy. I couldn't control my grin, or the color in my face. I forgot the trash. Yeah, you did. She leaned forward and kissed me. She pulled back and raised an eyebrow. And you forgot to brush your teeth. Please take him out to the barn. I'm going to work with him. from quirky to astonishing when Missy started training him. From the first day, every session was an adventure riddled with pleasant surprises and occasionally the unreal. His temperament seemed veteran. His willingness to trust baffled Missy day after day. Honor forced Missy to question her experience and methods as he defied every horse training paradigm known to man. She worried out loud that she was putting too much in front of him too fast. Yet after each session, her evaluation led her to the next step, whatever that step might be. Honor didn't do steps, though. Honor was a high-speed elevator. Day one, Missy introduced him to the saddle pad. He snorted at it, then looked away, unimpressed. She tossed it on his back, rubbed it, and let him feel it. 
like a giraffe, Honor craned his neck back, ripped the pad off his back, and bobbed it like his jolly ball. He tossed it on the ground and licked his lips. The first time, it was funny. The tenth time, Missy instructed me to hold it in place while she got the saddle. I was laughing. Missy, not so much. The first time Missy put the saddle on him, he fell asleep. Missy shook the saddle on his back. Honor reached his hind leg forward and scratched his cheek. She jumped up and down next to him while shimmying the saddle. Honor yawned. Missy refused to cut corners. She was meticulous in her approach. She kept repeating, Horses don't usually start like this. I understood why she said it. It was an affirmation. Because she didn't believe it. He's genius. He learns everything the instant I put it in front of him. He's as trusting as he is lazy. That's where my job came in. I was the muse. Of course, by that I mean I carried a bucket of grain everywhere we went. The first several times on the lunch line, Honor wouldn't even walk. Missy stood in the middle while I played the carrot on a stick. She offered vocal commands that sounded funny the first few times. Honor, walk on. Then in a whisper, Hold the bucket out. Why are you whispering? He doesn't speak English. He will. Honor, walk on. She nodded, angry. I extended a handful of grain as the dopey kid dragged one hoof after the next across the ground. Honor stopped walking after ten or so steps before Missy could offer the halt command, a floppy-lipped brrrr. Missy grew irritated. How am I supposed to install brakes on this thing if I can't get him to move forward? Maybe he doesn't need brakes. Maybe he needs a nap. He slept all day. It's all he does. Abraham Lincoln said, whatever you are, be a good one. Sleepers don't jump fences. She glared at me for defending him. No, but they come out of nowhere to win. I smirked. Missy battled honor like this for weeks. Five minutes of excitement, one hour of utter boredom. Even so... Missy continued the slow process through every painstaking step. She had to be certain. The memories of the angry, vitriolic horse plowing through fences never faded. She knew the coals smoldering within this colt and approached each session cautious of their combustion. I just enjoyed the show. I watched from the back porch as she worked him on the long line, which in layman's terms is putting all his crap on and driving him around the yard like a carriageless horse. In honor terms, it's putting on all his crap, walking a few steps, and then auto-stopping until Missy yells at him. On his third day of long lining, honor turned derelict. Amid a lullaby of turns and halts, honor checked out mid-session. He didn't hesitate, he didn't protest, he didn't give two shits. Honor lowered his head to the ground, tucked his front legs beneath him, and curled up in the grass. In full tack, Honor fell asleep beneath the blanket of a soft purple sunset. Missy stood dumbfounded behind him, holding two leather straps in outstretched hands. I fell out of my porch chair. I couldn't breathe for laughing. Holy crap! You see this? Get up, you bum! She slapped the lead lines up and down against his side. Get up! Honor's indifference was not only inexorable, it was glorious. He lofted his head in the air and breathed in the scents of the evening, ignoring the commands. Missy growled and threw the lines down in a puff of dust. She folded her arms. She was a ten-year-old girl whose pony wouldn't go. She tucked her chin against her chest and looked to me on the porch. Look at your horse! See this? 
He gets it from you. She extended one hand out like an angry Price is Right girl showcasing an indolent horse. I laid on the concrete with Willoway, gasping for breath. help with honor. It was September. The hottest summer in OKC history finally bent to the season, and I enjoyed the mercy of it. Missy had been working with honor for a little over a month. He understood verbal commands as well as rain commands. He walked now without being bribed or yelled at in angry girl words. We also discovered honor's one phobia. Black floor mats, but we'll get to that later. I think today is a good day to get on him. Had enough of this cruel world? No, I'm serious. I want you to come video it and hold the line while I walk. I trust you, but this seems awfully soon. This is the same horse a couple months ago. They would do a Bruce Lee impression every time we tried to pet him. Tim, it's a horse. Risk is part of it. He's never going to be much of anything if we don't accept it. In case you've forgotten, I've done this many, many times. And what if it goes pear-shaped? You can't give a horse a chance without taking one yourself. I wish I could have paused that moment. I wish I could go back and bottle those words. Brass balls. For the next hour, Missy longlined him around the middle paddock to bleed energy and engage his mind. After meandering around the pasture, Missy led him to the round pen. I picked up the bucket of grain and stood outside the pen as Missy lunged him through walking, trotting, and even a few hard-earned canter strides. The workout resembled every other I had assisted in the past month, but the stakes were about to be life and death. Okay, come on in. He looks good, yeah? He looks like the only horse I've ever owned. I hedged my bets. You're not going to kill me today, are you, Honor? She patted him on his neck. He bent to his left as if assuring her. Grab the bucket. We're going to go slow. Have a handful of grain ready at all times. Give him just a nibble when I tell you. I reached into the bucket and grabbed a handful. I set the bucket on the ground, held the lead in my right hand, the grain in my left. Missy pulled the mounting block alongside Honor. Second guesses swarmed my brain. Missy buckled her helmet and reached for the saddle. She shook it while bouncing up and down on the block. She laid across his back much the same as I had from the fence. She instructed me to give him a treat, and I did. Honor, focused on the feed, remained indifferent to Missy's actions. Missy tried to get a rise out of him, something, anything. I watched her confused. Missy seemed to want Honor to react, to show some sign of his explosive fear. She tried harder. Honor just chewed on the bit. She stopped. She turned to me and stared, as if I had some answer I could pull out of my ass. I stood there, an obedient squire with a vacant stare. In Missy's stern training eye, an alien twinkle flashed. It was something new, risky, edgy, and unpredictable. I heard the distant rumble of circling stars. She clenched her jaw, looked to the ground, and turned back to honor. 
she gripped the saddle with both hands. Fuck it. Her left boot dove into the stirrup, and with equal speed her right leg swung over the saddle. She softened into the seat. Grain crumbled out of my hydraulic press hand. I gulped aloud. My eyes glazed into frozen moons. I didn't know a damn thing about horses, but I knew what I had just witnessed. My thoughts careened from memory to memory like honor against fences. He's so angry, so afraid. Is he broke? I remembered the fear and rage that tore a fence to shreds and the blazing distrust. I remembered a colt with good reason to be angry, reason to resent, and reason to run. In that flash of memories, Honor ceased being a horse for a moment and became an idea. An idea that hurt. I had thought Missy was the courageous one, but I was only half right. Forgiveness stood calmly on four legs without justifiable reason. We didn't coerce him or force him. Honor chose it for himself. Missy smiled astride Honor. We were still in dangerous uncharted waters, waiting for the kraken to breach. But Honor stood like an oak. I'm over it. He's not someone else's horse. He's ours. No one's paying me, and I'm done doing this conventional wisdom crap. It doesn't work with him. She was venting. Okay, so he's a Jones auction pony. Maybe he's not the next Triple Crown winner, but he could be something. For a hundred bucks, I'll take that gamble. Why not? I've never seen a horse do the things he does or act the way he does. To hell with it. Let's see what we've got. Walk me around the pen a couple times, and then I want you to take the line off. And get your camera ready. No one's going to believe this. Not a peep left my lips and I already had the camera ready. Missy deepened her seat until she was a sack of potatoes in the saddle. Honor responded to her touch and voice commands as practiced on the long line. The team moseyed around the pen as I recorded. She brought him to a halt, and Honor turned his head to me, his ears perked, expectant of a treat. I obliged. While he chewed around the bit, I removed the lunge line. A tinge of doubt crept back in to reopen a bleeding gash of reality. Then I looked at Honor's face. All my fear vanished in the colt's soft expression. He was... happy? You still live, Honor Guard. I lifted the camera as I stepped to the center of the pen. I inhaled one last breath of hope. Whenever you're ready. For ten minutes, Missy rode. Rode Honor unassisted. She dropped carefree from the saddle as the setting sun lit Honor's face aglow. She patted Honor on the neck just behind the ear. He turned his head to her affectionately. Jesus, he does get it. That's good enough for today. Missy walked away, radiant. Thank you for your help, babe. You saved the right one. For a moment, I stood perplexed. 
I wondered if she had forgotten every vile thing we had done to each other. Yeah, sure. I stood rigid, my mind fried. I saved him? I attached the lead rope to Honor's bridle as Missy walked back into the barn. For the tiniest moment, I looked through Honor's cultish features and saw the celestial twinkle of distant stars. What are you? This episode, we're going up to the northeast to Foster, Rhode Island, where Dare to Dream Ranch Military Retreat provides veterans and families struggling with emotional challenges with a host of various therapeutic activities to include equine-assisted therapy. Their stated ultimate goal is helping veterans become successful civilians who feel they serve a purpose after returning from their time spent on the battlefield. Some of their services include equine therapy, yoga, massage, reflexology for the 11 bravos, that's a fancy foot massage, hypnotherapy, group therapy, horticulture, nutrition education, healthy cooking, exercise, and even fly tying. Dare to Dream Ranch can be found at www.daretodreamranch.org. That's www.daretodreamranch.org. I'll start to include other services outside the horse realm, but for obvious reasons, I like to tie the value of horsemanship into the bleak world of struggling veterans because it it not only has data providing legitimate positive outcomes, but I know throughout this story, many of you guys listening are going to have your curiosity peaked and want to give it a go. So I want to make sure I have a good rundown of various programs across the United States so you guys have something local you can go check out. So for the soundtrack last episode, which I forgot to include, uh, for the episode Shadows, would have been Pat Green's Wave on Wave. That song is that memory in my mind. For this episode, when fighting honor for the hose, I couldn't resist the Danger Zone cover. I wanted Mother by Danzig, but they they wanted $2,000 to play the original. Daddy ain't got that kind of cash. Be sure to stop by the website for this episode at tolivewithhonor.com and see the Courage episode page. All the videos and photos referenced in this story are all there, and it still boggles my mind to this day how docile and understanding he was after he'd been so vile and so dangerous. But it's all there to see, all the subtlety, his affection, his patience, and his laziness. Go check that out. The next couple episodes address some questions that have likely been cropping up, namely, What happened in those seven years between Dover and OKC? What happened to end up in such a state of discord that we see in chapter one? Well, the next couple episodes Tarantino that missing time before we bounce back to the story's present time with honor. But a little forewarning. The next couple episodes are ugly. 
and they go to the darkest shadows at the heart of this story. And to be honest, I've been procrastinating because these are the episodes where I stopped blogging and started to write the book. There are only a handful of people on the planet that know this part of the story, and it's through personal pain that I put it out there to the world. So please listen with a kind heart, but be prepared. Some of you absolutely will trigger on it, and I'll be one of you, especially those of you with any drop of survivor's guilt. But I plead with you, don't look away. Hit pause if you must, but don't let up. As painful as it might be to hear, I assure you it hurts every bit the same telling it. But I'm telling it for you. And it does have a purpose, an important one. So take a knee, tighten your chin strap, and get up. I'm Tim Finley. This is To Live With Honor. Live fierce. This all ends.